no handshakes equals no goals on Saturday. Hello FPL Surgery listeners, on the show this week we will talk about what to do with the Liverpool and Man City assets, who to target for Blank Game Week 31, who are the in-form players and teams at the moment, what to do with Adama Traore, United assets to the fore, 10 games unbeaten now United, is Lord Lundstrom back after a 12 point haul and do you have Lou Roll or do you need to panic buy? Okay, welcome back listeners to the 165th episode of the FPL Surgery Podcast. We are recording on Tuesday the 10th of March 2020. Iceman here again. As mentioned, there were no handshakes and on Saturday it was actually the most wasteful day ever recorded in the Premier League. An XG of 18.6 but only 9 goals. Welcome back my co-host Stefan. Thoughts on that, Stefan? Yeah, I think it didn't suit my wild card very well. <laughs> I wanted some goals and I needed some goals. And it was a dull moment because in Norway we have this goal show where you watch the main match and, and you get all those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was like, it's broken. <clears throat> they need to switch in. And they didn't switch one time. They didn't switch one time during 90 minutes to the Wolves game to get a Jimenez half decent shot that went on oh, target yeah, and two, it's two shots and they're on target that game yeah but it was basically uh, nothing just yeah. nothing so it was a quite interesting saturday maybe yeah. maybe the handshake because the connection between the players ignites that competitive side that you know i want to beat this team straight away maybe that does have something to do with it, it is psychological in some way well so why did chelsea beat everton 4-0 then well, did they have the handshake yeah everton <laughs> just fallen off a cliff that game for some reason <laughs> <laughs> anyway, our, our guest this week has five top 20k finishes in FPL, with three of them being in the top 10k and two in the top 2k, with his best being 185th. He is also an FF Hub contributor, our partners, creating some great analysts on there with all things FPL. Welcome to the podcast, Chris Tam. All right, guys, I'm glad to be on here. I've yeah, been a long time listener. You've had some really good guests over the past, so it looks like you're running a bit short now. <laughs> no, 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 you're, you're definitely with that record. You, you know, all of our guests have great records like yours. And how are you getting on so far this season? I'm uh, not doing so well. Uh, ever since I got really active on Twitter, I seem to be struggling with my, with my team. I think Live FPL has me at about 120k at the moment, so it's not terrible. Pretty, that's better than me. So you know, <laughs> at the moment, anyone's doing better than me, so we won't go into that too much. But let's uh, actually let's briefly discuss how we actually got on in the last game week. Stefan, how did you get on? Okay, James, I, uh, I talked about the wild card last game week basically because I made a mistake in game week 28 where there was a tight deadline and Vardy was out and I took one hit too many, which left me with nothing in the bank to do my original plan of getting Leno in for a double game week and just leave the rest. So I decided to go big or go home and activated the wild card and I'm pretty much going home <laughs> Uh, uh, quickly <laughs> the thing is uh, I I had to calculate this I didn't like it but after watching 30 points from Vardy and Barnes yesterday which I sold both of them I just figured I need to calculate this and my original team would have gotten 72 points so oh, far so painful Without any free transfers made and my wildcard team is exactly at half at 36 points uh. all so uh, it, it's it's basically game over for me. I, I tried, I tried, I was too fancy. I paid for my mistake in gaming 28 and yeah, 
not much I can do with I, it I, now. I can feel your pain. I can feel it. I mean, I'm still way further behind you at the moment, but after that, I can feel it. But you have turned it around from you are 1.5 million, and you've gone all the way up. So you're more than capable of doing it again. So I have Hell. faith in you. <clears throat> It's too few gimmicks to do it now, I think. Nah, but the thing fine. is, I, I tried, I tried. And if it had went the other way and all the goals came on Saturday and not Sunday, Monday, yeah. I could have been, it could have been good. But uh, I was disappointed with both Arsenal and City combining for one goal so far. It's not exactly what I had imagined when I played the wild card. Yeah, yeah, didn't we, didn't we all really? Um, so moving on to uh, you, Chris, how have you getting on so far this game week? I've been really lucky. Um, I went all in on Leicester two weeks ago. And luckily for me, Liverpool didn't do anything, so it didn't really hurt me. And then this week, I was tempted by the double game week, but in the end, I just ignored it because I didn't really like any of the fixtures or any of the players. So I just banked the transfer because most of my players had really good fixtures. And so far, it's gone okay. I've got Barnes and he picked up some points. Perez didn't play last night, but luckily I've got some wood on the bench. (laughs) So it's just... (laughs) So, um, yeah, I've just got KDV left to play, and that's my captain. And if he doesn't play, I've got Salah as my vice. So it's going so it's going all right, 73 points. Pretty decent, uh, really. I f- think this just means listen to Chris in this He did the thing I should have done, and I, he kept cool, whereas my head just went too hot. Yeah, but there's always there's always still time to turn it around. But, yeah, still doing really well, Chris. It was a good game week for you and still not finished. But another bad game week for me so far. I mean, I, I was going to remove, as mentioned in the last podcast, I was going to remove a Charleston, but I didn't actually want to. Chelsea were injury-ridden. Saar was playing Palace, so I didn't see him get much there, which he didn't. I saw, like, a Charleston Hall from somewhere. Instead, I got another Everton capitulation. I am actually looking to remove the Richardson this week. I captained Orba, and he's still got the City game to play, so I'm hoping for a hat-trick there. Probably not going to happen. Along with KDB, hopefully, as well. Currently on 41 points. With the most painful thing of the game week being, I brought in Iose Perez, and he was benched whilst... Barnes hauled and that was a 50-50 decision which went really wrong and I took that decision based on something that I don't normally do in the past I I did it based on he's more of a differential and I can probably see a few more goals from him but Barnes was the optimal choice there and I should have just gone for that instead but Never mind. Okay, let's let's mention our Patreon. Firstly, thank you to all of our patrons. You are brilliant people. Thank you so much for all your support. And thank you again to Mad Hatter for generating a, a load of photos for me in support this week, which was great to see. Our new patrons this week are Xavier Herrera, Lee Coyne, Andy Gray, and Ryan Hemmings. They've all joined at the Slack level, so thank you to them and their pledges. And also a mention to Andy Portlock, Vince Poyle, and Ron Frost, who are pledging at the highest tier, so they get an extra special mention each week. If you want to join the Patreon, it's patreon.com forward slash FPL surgery. Okay, back to the headlines then. What to do with the Liverpool and Man City assets? So, Chris, you you raised this one. You raised a few subtitles to this. Liverpool defensive concerns. Is it worth switching Mane in? Which is something a a load of managers are considering. And Man City, obviously, rotation. And they've got the Champions League. Whether to keep KDB or ditch them all. So, what are your thoughts on on this one then? And Liverpool and Man City? 
Okay, for Liverpool, I think the defence has looked a bit suspect in the last few games, and this was even before Alisson was injured. Um, looking at the stats in the last four, they've actually conceded 10 big chances. Um, so that's kind of mid-table if you look at all the other teams in that kind of region. And then if you look at the next few fixtures, you've got Everton, who are quite a good attacking team, although they didn't look very good at the weekend. Palace haven't really got much attacking threat, but they're actually a bit of a bogey team for Liverpool. And I wouldn't be surprised if they scored as well. Then they've got City and then they've got Aston Villa. And for Aston Villa, would you rather have a defender or would you rather have attackers on a team that seems to concede a lot of goals? So based on those kind of things, that's making me consider getting rid of one of my Liverpool defenders and changing him into Mane. Yes, that is a thing which I'm in the position where I've only got the one Liverpool defender, so I've got the chance to bring in Mane, and what you've just listed there does tempt me as well. Also, you know, it's the fifth game without a clean sheet, I believe. Might be time that Allison is still injured, not sure when he's back. Ten of the 12 clean sheets they've kept this season has been when Allison had played, and they've only conceded 12 goals in those 19 games. Adrian has kept a clean sheet in just two of his games whilst conceding nine in his ten appearances so those are some stats got from Scout earlier today would you be tempted by that as well Stefan I know you've got two Liverpool defenders yeah, I had two Liverpool defenders I only got oh, one yes, now after yes. one back, so. <laughs> I forget sorry but I think yeah, it's a good good time to get rid of one Liverpool defender ideally bring in both Mane and Salah and I think it also plays into it that Liverpool have basically won the league they only need two wins Think, yeah, or some more city losses, which yeah. might actually happen. But, but the main thing is, I think you get maybe a bit sloppy, a bit unconcentrated. You know it's done, and you're you're more likely to have fun and score some goals. I think down the line, so it's a good move, and especially that Aston Villa game in game week 33 looks uh, prime for Mane and Salah double up. Yeah. It definitely does. I mean, moving back to the city, we had a question from Xavier, our new patron, saying, "Can we trust any Man City FPL assets going forward? The Prem seems not to be their main focus, or are we going to play a high risk plus reward for the rest of the season with the Man City players?" So he's got a great point there, which is why people are looking at removing KDB. Do you guys have KDB, Chris? I've got him, but I think he's going to make way for money. Ooh. And what about you, Stefan? Well, I got rid of, got rid of KDB on the wild card. I wanted to be aggressive as a the big go big or go home. And yeah. I think you can rely on KDB and and he will start most games. But of course, the Burnley game few days before Real Madrid, it doesn't seem very likely that he will risk KDB ninety minutes, given that he's been injured now. So maybe he gets some minutes, but I think you can safely sell him. He will play against Liverpool, and we just talk about Liverpool being maybe not that good defensively. And KDB can, of course, get a lot of points in each and every game. But it depends a bit on Champions League, and it depends a bit on... The, the City performance against United were really bad. I haven't seen them this bad in a long while. And they clearly missed De Bruyne. So if Pep wants to win any games, I think he will just put De Bruyne back in. Although there might be some concerns around, especially the Burnley game and potentially other games if they go through in the Champions League. Yeah. So, But I, th- I think it fits better with a free hit 31 plan, of course. If you don't plan to free hit 31, switching him out to a double Liverpool attack, it, that makes sense. Yeah, the, they haven't won a game when KDB ha- hasn't played, I believe. Is that... Yeah. Correct start, I think so. Yeah, um, Chris. So, 
What, what do you reckon? Do you think that KDB is not going to play the next game then? Um, I think he might get some minutes because Pep's all about rhythm. He wants his players to get in the rhythm before the big Champions League games. So I think he'll give him some minutes and then he'll probably bring him off early if we're ahead. That's that's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say you probably get some about 30 minutes against Arsenal, but I actually think he'll start against Burnley. So which is why I kind of want, I've got the option to kind of bring in Mane this game week for KDB. But they are playing Burnley. I know Burnley are playing well defensively recently, but it is Man City and they have got that attack which can just tear up any team. So you know that KDB could score big in one of those games. And I'm just tempted to just hold for this game and then bring him in for game week 31. It is a, is a tempter, which I'm sure a lot of people are looking at. Are you, you dead set that he's not going to play um, game week 37? I think he'll get some minutes, but whether off the bench or from the start, I have no clue. And if you get the money, 90 minutes or close to 90 minutes compared to De Bruyne, 60, maybe 30. I don't know. It's always good to await your transfers, of course. I, I've learned that recently. Just mm. stay patient. So if De Bruyne is not injured, keeping him for Burnley could yield benefits, although maybe not as a captain. Yeah, definitely could. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't captain. But let's let's talk about Sterling. You looked at Sterling last week. I was saying that he's out of form. He set up Aguero for his offside goal. Should have scored two. Missed an absolute sitter. But he is getting in the right position still, Sterling. He always manages to get those big chances or something, even against the big teams. Chris, I'm going to come to you. I'll come back to you, Stefan, on this one, because I know you've picked him for the last game week. But, Chris, what is your thoughts on Sterling? Is he a complete stairway, even if you're way behind? Do you not even go anywhere near him? I was eyeing him up last week for the double, because I, I thought he was quite likely to play. But I just think his confidence is absolutely shot. Uh, Sané is not far off returning, so that's a bit more competition on that side. And I just... I just don't think he's kind of the right kind of gamble at the moment. At 11.7 million, it's just too much. Yeah, he doesn't play Game Week 31, we all know that. And he doesn't play Game Week 34. But he does have two games that need to be scheduled for City. They've got to play Chelsea away and Newcastle at home. So when they do get scheduled, I wonder how many people will be looking at the City assets. We assume they're going to be scheduled into 37 and maybe you know, another game we're not, not actually quite sure yet. But Stefan, are you, are you staying away from all City assets? Are you moving away from Sterling now? What are your thoughts on Sterling? Yeah, the plan was always to bring Sterling in for this game week and just hope he ran rampage to, over the course of the two games. Yeah. And uh, and I have money in the bank for money, either this game week or the next one. It was meant for game week 31, and I'll probably keep Sterling against Burnley. It's a bit depending on his minutes against Arsenal. I think uh, I might captain uh, have Marius as well. And if Sterling or Marius get reduced minutes against Arsenal and it look to be starting against Burnley, I, I might uh, captain them. So or he, I might or I might sell Sterling for money already. So he's kind of a little cash cow for you, just hoping that he would... Yeah, I was hoping form. he was get like 20 points in game week 29. Yeah. <laughs> Which he's still got the chance to. You know, yeah, if he had put the put Arsenal. one, if he had scored that chance versus United, he was on par for twenty points, I think. <laughs> yeah, I reckon there's a goal or two against Arsenal. Yeah, but I'm sure whenever small people, hopes. whenever people listen to this, they will know whether that's true or not. I think yep. that's probably enough on uh, Liverpool and Man City. Let's move on to headline number two, and we're going to incorporate headline number two and headline number three because they're kind of similar. Who to target for blank game week thirty-one, and who are the four players or teams at the moment so again Chris
Chris, you were saying looking at form and the motivation. Uh, good fixtures for 30 and 32 for Bournemouth and Wolves have decent fixtures there. Who to target for Chelsea with good fixtures? And they are in form, apparently, after that Everton game. And uh, who is out of form, likes of Ings, etc. So... Who are you looking at as the main players to bring in for Blank Game Week 31? Then we'll come to the form and teams. I think for 31, you can play it as kind of like a shield. So you look at the typical players that are going to be brought in on a free hit and just make sure you're covering off the main ones. So you definitely want to have free Liverpool. And most people on a free hit are probably going to get Salah, Mane and Trent. And then you want free Wolves as well. And most people are going to go for Jota, Jimenez and Doherty. So if you cover them six off, you're quite you're quite safe in the majority of teams now. So then the rest is just kind of filling in the gaps. So I think for me, definitely Liverpool and Wolves because they have games in 31, but they also have amazing fixtures before and after 31. Yeah. So who would, you, who would your three be from Wolves then? We spoke about this a few podcasts ago, actually. Uh, so who would your main three at the moment for Wolves be? It'd be Doherty in defence. Uh, he's got the best attacking threat. Then Jimenez and, and Jota. Yeah, the best picks at the moment. I wish Traore could come back into contention, but he seems to be. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on um, the Wolves' assets, Stefan? Who would you go for? I know you've listed them a few times now. Excuse yeah, me. I got the same three as Chris. Uh, yeah. I got them in my wild card as well. Jota, Jimenez and Doherty. Yeah, so... and I think Traore is just too unreliable now. It's too risky, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Like Chris has said there, I think you do have to look at the teams which are the the decent teams on that game we like Liverpool like Wolves but there's not that many really who you can rely on so it's more or less punts outside of that wouldn't it if you were to do a free hit team now we'll probably concentrate on it a little bit more next week but if you were to do a free hit team now I'm assuming if you guys are gonna agree with this it will be Dotti at the back with the likes of TAA and who would you Search say Oreo. Oreo. Yeah, Oreo, Oreo, yeah. yeah yeah we'll probably be in there then you go across the midfield it'll be Salah Mane I'm assuming Ali would probably be in there but yeah is that Brilliant. Maybe the likes of Antonio or Saar. And then up front, you've got the likes of Jimenez, Jota and, I don't know, Dini? Chris Wood. Chris Chris Wood would be be the ones, yeah. So that's kind of the players who we're looking at. Now, this may all change next week, though, but we'll come up with a free hit team for next week, next pod. But um, what about uh, looking at form and motivation? And you bring this sub-headline up, Chris. What are your thoughts on the form and motivation of some players or the teams? I'm quite interested in um, West Ham, actually. Mm. I think they've impressed me in some of their recent performances. They haven't got the results, but they, they look quite up for it at the moment. They're in a relegation battle, and I've got my eye on Antonio and Bowen. Why, why Bowen, then? He's, he's the new guy. Uh, in the last two games, he's just looked really direct. A bit like Harvey Barnes, he's quite fascinating. He just goes straight for the goal. Between the two of them, I still prefer Antonio, but um, I've been weighing up between those two all week, actually. I would say it's more of an easy decision if you want to play safe or playing a little bit risky. I'm not sure if Bowen's position is definitely now. I know he hit the post in the last game, did look good, and he was an attacking output, but Antonio's the one that's playing more up front, isn't he? I know he's a little bit more expensive. I did kind of mildly shout him last week, <laughs> just as listing. <laughs> as a player but he he would be one which I would like there should have been involved saw the Arsenal West Ham game and they should have won that really I don't know how Arsenal got away with that one but he should have been involved in about four goals in that game this got me to thinking I've got 
two changes to make in my team and well the players that I want to remove are Richardson and Perez so I'm looking for a midfield option and I'm looking at the players playing in game week 31 and if you're looking at the midfielders the likes of Antonio, Ali, Saab, Bowen, McNeil, even Fraser I've reached the bottom of the barrel of Fraser though I think uh, Antonio, Ali and Saar are my top options here and I did a few comparisons just before the pod I actually held up the pod at the start of the pod but over the last six matches played if I'm looking at the positions they all seem to be playing quite up front maybe Saar more of a right winger Ali playing as a number nine Antonio plays more up front but he actually plays looking at the heat maps the last six more on the left but I saw the the XG of each player Ali's actually winning on 3.99 Antonio on 3.99 3.06 and Saar on 2.5 and obviously Saar I've done it from the last six matches not last six game weeks and then penalty area touches Ali's on 24 Antonio 30 and Saar on 32 so he's got a few more looking at the attempts this is where we're talking pre-pod with, with Stefan who's highlighting that Ali's the one with the big chances where Ali's got 15 attempts with five on target eight big chances Antonio's 15 attempts as well five on target uh, six big chances so still quite up there Saar 14 attempts four on target with five big chances then I took a quick look at the chances created and as Ali has kind of changed his position going up to that number nine position he looks to be only on two chances created with no big chances created Antonio six chances created with three big chances and Saar with ten chances created with four big chances so to me that's fairly equal and looking at the price zones and how each team are playing I, I agree with you Chris I think the likes of Antonio would be worth a shout a lot of people are harping on about Saar at the moment but I'm looking at Antonio as a as a good investment but he's just always due an injury isn't he Stefan yeah, I just uh, searched his in- injury history <laughs> because <laughs> that's what came to mind. And you look at the injuries, his groin injury, groin strain, hamstring, 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 calf problems. And this is what you get with Antonio. So, so for, for, for a free hit, I like him. If you know he's fit in the press conference, you can play him in your free hit, 31. But like a buy, I'm not going to buy him. But if you've got your wild card in your back pocket, where you just kind of want to hang on to him for like yeah, maybe you, you one end or up two with weeks, a, you end up with the same problem I had. You you force your wild card before because you have some more issues in your team that you really need to have. Well, I'm actually ah. looking at wild card in game week 32. So if I was to bring in the likes of Antonio, even this week or next week, I think it is plausible. And what are your thoughts, Chris, on uh, Antonio? You, you've, you've said you've really liked him, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I'll kind of reveal it later, but I've pretty much earmarked him to come into my team. Why not Bowen? I would take Bowen. I just looked at Bowen's playing times from the championship this season, and he has started 29 games and played 90 minutes average. So he looks like a guy who doesn't get injured and will get those games for you. And I think he's he's, he's as good as Antonio. It's just risky with him, isn't it? He's got four nails around there, Lanzini... Antonio, um, you know, there's oh. a few players to take his, his spot. I think Moyes wants to win games and he has cautionally brought Bowen into his team and I think it's likely he should continue playing. As you said, West Ham has been playing good recently. Yeah, true. I just think Antonio just has that more of a goal for it and um, I'm just looking for someone quite explosive so I, I'm willing to take the risk on his injury proneness just for the, the fact that he might get me a double-digit return. Yep. 
Yeah, very fair. Let, let's move it back to your other sub like, uh, subheading then. So good fixes for Bournemouth as well. Are you looking at any Bournemouth assets, Chris? Um, Game week 30 <laughs> and 32? Both are quite embarrassing. Um, <laughs> the, the obvious one's Callum Wilson. He, um, he's trolled us all throughout the season and in the past. But he's starting to pick up a little bit of form. Again, they're in a relegation battle. If they're going to stay up, they need to start winning games. And he's probably the most likely to get any kind of goal from them. Brooks might be returning soon as well, which will be useful. The other one that's even more embarrassing is a Bournemouth defender. Uh, I had a look at the stats and Stacey, who I think he's displaced Rico recently, has actually got pretty decent stats for a defender. And then looking at their fixtures, I think Crystal Palace, although they've been better recently, there's maybe a chance of a clean sheet this week. When they play Wolves, everyone's earmarking that as a great fixture for Wolves, but they're forgetting that Wolves play in the Europa League this Thursday, and then they play the second game next week before this game. So depending on how the first game goes, the second game could take a lot out of them, so they might not be in the best state when they face Bournemouth. And then after that for 32, you've got Newcastle at home, which is a pretty okay game because Newcastle can't really score goals. Yeah, true. And Crystal Palace and Newcastle are probably the least attacking team there is. But if you look at the the stats alone in terms of just shots on goal, bottom is actually Spurs on 70 shots in the last four. And then Bournemouth are second bottom there. And then it goes Villa. And all those defences don't look too tasty to me. So I'm not sure if I I agree with you on that. I mean, like 13 big chances conceded in the last four as well. Only second bottom to Villa. I've not got much faith in it. I know Stacey's probably taken Rico's place, which is annoying because Rico's still in my team. But yeah, I, I wouldn't want to bring... I mean, the last time I said this, don't bring in a Bourne facet. I was saying it to Bully, who was shouting Ramsdale and goal. And then Ramsdale went and kept about four clean sheets in a row or something. So who knows, it may happen. But just looking at the stats from my point of view, I have no faith in that. <laughs> yeah, so if you want to free hit 31, I think you can... I had some plans before I wildcarded that meant Ake or maybe even Stacy got in my team gaming 30 and 32. So I think it's a it's an okay shout if you want to free hit 31. I think if you want if you want to go even further down, look at Jack Simpson. Uh, he did come on and give away the game. No, no, game. no. <laughs> but he might actually get some game time now because there's a few like yeah. Steve Cook. He he shouldn't play any football in in the Premier League. <laughs> He made up for it with a goal line clearance, I think. Nope, didn't. Okay, moving on then. So let's quickly look at who's out of form then, Chris. Who who are your shouts out of form? Ings, what are you doing with him? I think I'm stuck with him. He's going to turn into Jota at some point, but I've got Dendonka at the moment, so I can't do it. I don't really fancy him this week, but I've got too many other transfers that I want to do, so... He's going to have to stay for one more week. Same with me. Not a bad fixture this week in, in Norwich, so hopefully there is some still some returns in him somewhere, but he seems to have absolutely fallen off a cliff. I did look at the stats into it, and obviously when he was in the uh, high-flying where he was scoring nearly every game, his stats were right up there, but now they just seems to have completely digressed. I, I take it you're nowhere near Ings. You didn't put him in your wild card, Stefan. No, I didn't, but I didn't. I wasn't very comfortable against Newcastle last game, but the red card pretty much messed up uh, Southampton that game, anyways. Yeah, true. So I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, I think I would just, if your own Ings keeping, he's, he's a good player for the next game week. Okay. Well, let's answer this question from Mark at mbison22. Then, so he's saying, what is an acceptable number of players and hits for game week 31? So, Stefan, coming back to you, what do you think you'll be okay with for game week 31 if you're not free hitting? 
I think I'm doing the classic answer that I be, would be happy with whatever I got. I learned that also in Gaming 28. Uh, just be happy with what you got. Don't start taking hits for random players. And the one player I would take a hit for is, of course, maybe Mane or Salah, if you own just one of them. I think that can be worth a hit. Other than that, just go for the go for the players you own and don't take a hit for anyone. If you are really low on players, the free hit is the option. Okay, and Chris? Um, I'm a bit more hit-friendly, so I think about eight should be about right for that kind of game week. And I think I'd be willing to take one or two, maybe three hits. Three but hits? I'd, but I'd only be taking hits on players with good fixtures in 32, or if you're going to do it this week with a good fixture in 30 as well. So that way it kind of evens out across the time. I wouldn't do the hit if it's just for that week. Okay, who, who would you say has got the good fixtures throughout these three game weeks? Then? So any Liverpool and Wolves asset, or by any, I mean like um, the obvious three from Liverpool yeah. and the three from Wolves. Yeah, fair enough. I think eight or nine is probably a good amount. I'm looking to probably not have a goalkeeper this week. I probably will take a hit. I'm, I'm not entirely decided on that, but it is team dependent. Like Stefan says, if you've not got the likes of Salah or Mane, who could, because they've only got two wins to actually win the league. And I do think that Liverpool are going to go for it. So there could be a few goals in these two games as well. So I would take it for them. Right, let, let's move on to headline number three then. So what to do with Adama Traore? Now, you expressed your views very strongly at the uh, start there, Stefan, but uh, Mad Hatter has a question here saying, Traore, muscle back lightning quick future of football or fpl dud yeah i think you can sum the up some some draw up with those guys who played him and benched barnes this game week and uh, i've seen a couple of those and i think this is the sort of problems trauer gives you at this moment he he's unreliable and uh, as far as that go i'm just gonna stay away of course if you own him selling him is much more tricky because you kind of just want to hope he starts and that he gets something for you. Well, that, that's exactly what I'm doing. I've, I've got him in my team. I, you know, I don't want him at the moment, but I have got other players that I can sell, and he's my cheapest midfielder. So I've, I've kind of lumbered with that for this game week and just hoping that he might get some game time. Chris, what, what are your thoughts on Traore? I think a lot depends on how you set up for game week 31. If you've got, say, seven or more players for that week, then you could maybe do a luxury transfer if he's blocking you from getting someone you want like Jota or Doherty. I think I'd keep an eye on the Europa League game this week on Thursday, see if he actually features, um, see if he gets injured again. Because I don't know, I I just think that he's likely to come on and get one point and that's not the kind of player I want on my team. Yeah, I suppose you're answering the question there from uh, Tomas Kuchowski who's been on this pod as well. He's saying, what a great guest. I can't wait. <laughs> so he's saying the question, what to do with Traore. He is blocking me from getting Traore, uh, from getting Doherty as a third Wolves player for Game Week 31. So you would say to him, remove him if you're able to get Doherty? Yeah, Doherty or Jota because basically... Not just looking at 31, but then looking at the fact they've got Aston Villa in the next game. Um, so I'd want all my attacking assets to be focused on that game, really. So I wouldn't want someone who might not come on. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I think I don't really have to come to you on that one, Stefan. I think I know your answer on that. Right, let's move it on to headline number four then. United assets to the fore. So 
Are we looking at United assets now that they seem to be beating Man City? <laughs> Jay Ross from our Slack is saying, reignite the debate. Who's the better United defensive option, Maguire or Aaron Wan-Bissaka? Is Shaw worth a look? I'll come to you first on this, Chris, and then me and Stefan can debate because we've had this debate before. But I'll come to you first. What's your thoughts on, on those two players? Okay, how I see it is basically Maguire and Wan-Bissaka are slightly cheaper than Shaw, so that's Shaw gone straight away. Um, Also, Shaw's got that chance of rotation with Williams. Now, looking at Maguire and Wan-Bissaka, although Wan-Bissaka has actually looked a bit more attacking recently, I still don't think he's got any real end product, whereas Maguire's actually got a good chance of scoring. I think he's got four big chances um, from four shots in the box. So at some point, he's going to score one of the headers, especially with Bruno providing all the ammunition. Mm. And he's, there's less chance of rotation. I think at some point, maybe Wan-Bissaka might get rested because he has had injuries in the past, whereas Maguire is going to play every single game. That's good. Good analysis on that. That's interesting on the uh, Bruno debate there. Obviously, he's making United United at the moment and he is a great delivery of the ball and Maguire is more than likely to get on the end of one of those soon. Stefan, what are your thoughts on Maguire and Aaron Wan-Bissaka? Yeah, I got to agree and I think it's up to you, James, to argue oh. against that. <laughs> <laughs> I, with, your, I, with your low for Aaron Wan-Bissaka. I really want to, but I, this, I just can't... The, I mean, like, obviously, it's the Maguire goals which you want, really, and the Wan-Bissaka assists. He does get down the right-hand side, uh, Aaron Wan-Bissaka. He is playing better. He is trying harder. But as Chris mentioned, the end product is lacking. I do think he's still learning and he's getting better in that particular area. But yeah, six attempts in the last six for Maguire one for Aaron Wan-Bissaka if you look at chances created Aaron Wan-Bissaka has created nine and you know, Maguire's created one so it is assists against goals and I think with Bruno Fernandes there who by the way has got as many Premier League assists as James Madison this season already with him supplying the you know crosses and the corners, etc., I am actually backing Maguire as well. So I have changed camp, Stefan. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but I'm gonna throw this I'm gonna throw this in there. You wouldn't be crazy to have both from mm. Game League thirty two. You called this a few weeks ago actually. You did say that people will be looking at that from Game Week thirty two and I do think people at, are at, starting at least, to turn their head. At least a triple up from United from thirty two looks great. Or a thirty three. Yeah. So yeah, it looks like a, a Bruno and Maguire and Aaron Wambasaka. They are currently 10 games unbeaten, as I mentioned at the start of the pod. I do think they did highlight Wambasaka just you know, having Sterling on toast, really. He is playing well, and they, they seem to be more cohesive, just more of a unit now at United, so they are just doing well as a team. What, what do you reckon, Chris, looking at probably three assets soon? Yeah, um, I think they're great for clean sheets later on. Um, Bruno's one that kill, that's killing me because um, I've wanted him since he basically turned up and I've just found other fires to sell out every single week and I still can't get him this week. Um, so I'm going to have to wait till game week 32 until I can actually get him. Yeah, he's just returned nearly every game. He just seems like a must-have at the moment, doesn't he? Who have they got next game week? They've got Spurs who are... <laughs> You've just lost to Leipzig, <laughs> I believe. Three yeah, 3-0 to Leipzig as well. They just seem to be on a downhill spiral spurs, which as an Arsenal fan I am loving. Bruno, maybe even a captain option this this game week against Spurs. Who knows? Yeah, but if you can get to him then yeah, I would. Stefan, what are your thoughts on Bruno and have you got him in your team? I had him in my team, but I wanted to be aggressive, you know. So uh, I I brought in Morris for him. 
And oh, nice. the plan is always to bring back Bruno for gaming 32, but he's gonna be expensive now. Yeah. And of and of course, I uh, he was he was a good good asset for me, and I should have kept him. I think. Yeah, we'll see that now. Eight point five, I think. Yeah, it'll probably be nine million by game week thirty. Yeah, yeah he could be. <laughs> he has the blank in game week thirty one though, so he <laughs> he won't get too many. I didn't rises. stop people doing uh, Aubameyang in twenty eight. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Right, let's move it on to the questions. Okay, we've got one here from our new Slacker, new Patreon, Ryan Hemmings. Thank you, Ryan. If you can't afford double Mo Mane, is Mo to Mane reckless? Now, Stefan, you're a Liverpool fan. Yeah, I think it's a bit reckless. Uh, Salah is still the best pick, and Mane can outscore Salah from in, in any game week, basically. But I still think in the long run, Salah will do the business. Yeah, Chris, thoughts? I think if you've got no other fires, which is quite unlikely, then maybe you can do it. But it's quite likely you're going to have other fires. One thing I did notice, though, is that in the games that they've played together, Mane's got six double-digit holes compared to Salah with only three. So when they both play at the same time, Mane is the one who's more likely to score well, which makes him a better captain, in my opinion. Yes, I did kind of set you up for that one because I did see your graphic <laughs> on there. <laughs> On Twitter, and I thought, yeah, you've got some good analysis there. If you want to check that out, look at our latest post regarding the questions. I've put up your comparison of how well Mane does with Salah. It was really interesting, all the all the stats which, which go on there. But yeah, Mane is obviously a great asset, but I am with Stefan here. I do think that Salah can just explode at any point as well, and I think that he can still score just as much as Mane. And if you've got him, I would keep and I would adjust other areas in your team ryan right question from alan here best game week 31 striker that isn't raul jimenez now chris who do you think i mean i shouted him earlier when we did the free hit team looking at jota and chris wood is there any other better strikers than jimenez you reckon um no there's, there's <laughs> callum, callum wilson maybe callum wilson wow that was <laughs> very long shot yeah it has to be jota yeah, yeah. Jota and, yeah. and Jimenez, really. Yeah. But do you reckon Jota is better than Jimenez? I, I don't think so. No, it's not better, but you said if you want striker that's not Jimenez, that's Jota for me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I hope that helps, Alan. Right, another question here from Emma. It's saying, Game Week 31, to free or not to free? So she's obviously not decided on the free hit yet. Some pods are saying to free hit on, on this particular Game Week. You guys, are you free hitting for this game week? No, no. Uh, I've already got nine players as it stands, so I'm in a good position. Yeah. And Stefan? If you've got fewer uh, players, I think you can. Uh, there's no problem with free hitting 31 for me. Do you think if it's you worth want... it? Do you think like there's the pool it, is worth it? it? It depends on your team again, of course, but it allows you to say you have Aubameyang at this point, and he has Norwich at home in game week 32, and he's the best captain that game week. Arguably, okay, you could maybe argue for someone else, but to me, it looks like the best captain. You've got uh, Bruno Fernandes that we just talked talked about. You can keep him. You can even double up, get Martial. You can uh, get uh, Maguire in or do something like that. You can get Alonso in. He looks a great shout now with Chelsea. Has Aston Villa away this game week, and we all know that we should target Aston Villa. 
and then he has great fixtures after 31. So there are a couple of players you would like to bring in if you free hit 31 that enables you to come strengthened out in gaming 32. And maybe, maybe the big key to free hitting 31 would be that it allows you to keep your wild card for pretty late. And that could pay dividends, of course, in the bigger double game mix. Great analysis. I love that. Yeah, that actually brings me back to the second headline where we kind of skipped over who to target for Chelsea with the good fixtures and, you know, are they in form after that Everton game? Totally missed that we we skipped past that. But you raised this one, didn't you, Chris? So what are your thoughts on, on Chelsea? I know Stefan's just mentioned getting Alonso in. What are your thoughts on all of the Chelsea players? Are you looking at, at them? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I was really interested in Alonso when they were playing in a 3-4-3, but I noticed in the last game that they switched back to a 4-3-3, which makes him a bit less effective down the side, but he's still probably in my transfer plans. I'm keeping an eye out as well for Mount. Uh, he picked up a bit of an injury during the game, but if he's okay, he's a great buy because he's always going to play. Lampard loves him and he's, he's hit a bit of form now. He's got some confidence after scoring that goal. If he's injured, then I think Willian's probably the next best option. Um, and he's on penalties as well when Jorginho doesn't play. I wouldn't take the risk on Barkley. That's, that's, um... <laughs> I don't think anyone wants to surely. <laughs> uh, I think we will learn from that last year and the start of the season, surely. Everyone's looking at Chelsea. They are playing Villa next and uh, they're probably going to score about 20. But they're just so inconsistent for me to want to rely on any of their players and going any of them would always be a risk. You've always got the chance of, like, you know, people were looking at Reese James and he was out of the team. Aspilicueta could be whipped over to left back because Alonso's a little bit tired or something. Lampard likes to change it around a bit too much for me and it kind of scares me off those players. So I'm not really loving them for that because I just think there's a lot of risk. I mean, Giroud seems to be starting, but when is Abraham back? Do we actually know that? Is he going to play Batshuayi maybe in one game? Who who knows? It's Lampard has been changing it quite frequently and it's just a little bit scary for me. So I'm a little drawn away from that particular Chelsea team. Although if they are playing like they did against Everton, then yes, <laughs> you can you can see it. But I, I need to see a bit more consistency. Okay, right, let's move on to the next question. And so we've got one here from Jay Ros from our Slack channel saying, for those who eye towards wildcard Game Week 31 or Game Week 32, who are a few two to three punts to consider? So who would you punt on for the next three game weeks, um, Chris? A Chelsea asset, <laughs> definitely. Um, either Alonso or Mount or, um, or William. But not Barkley, definitely not Barkley. <laughs> <laughs> And Stefan? I find it hard to punt on someone who doesn't have a game in 31. So the, the question is a bit blurry to me. They're, yeah. they're like, it, it's one game week until 31. So for that game week alone, or including 31, I will have to, have to punt on uh, maybe Aurier or some Spurs player or more Wolves players. Yeah, or like La Celso or someone like that. I mean, if, if you're not including that Game Week 31, I really like the look of some of these Newcastle players for some reason. And one which really caught my eyes, Richie. I think he's definitely one to watch. He got seven shots against Burnley the week before last. He's playing in the front four. He's on penalties, although it was saved well against Saints. It just, you know, a defender for 5.3 
taking penalties when they've got good fixtures, which is from game week 32. Do you think they'll go on the beach, though? Uh, yeah, they, they could do, but I don't think Bruce will let them. I don't think he's the type of manager that would let them go on the beach, but it is potential. That would be a, a really wild and erratic punt, or even the likes of Almiron as well. I mean, like he's playing in the number 10 position. He looks also great against Burnley. He scored twice against West Brom in the Cup and almost scored against Saints a few times. So something about them I'm kind of liking a little bit more. I might be completely off here, but yeah. Something different. So Kiwi Nick underscore FPL was saying McNeil or Saar. So a quick one here. So if you're going out the two guys, who would you go, Chris? Absolutely, Saar. McNeil's a good player, but he's only ever had one big haul this season. Saar's been producing a lot more before his injury. He produced against Liverpool. And then I run the stats as well on the uh, Fantasy Football Hub comparison tool. And he absolutely dominates him on that as well. So it's just no contest for me. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And Stefan? I agree as well. Yeah. Okay, next, next question from FBL Canada is saying, what is the best game week to play bench boost? Now, where, where, where are you looking to play bench boost, Stefan? Uh, I'm looking to play it in a suboptimal game week. I think I'm, I'm not able to do it in 37, which is the optimal one, I think. So, so the, the best game week to play it, it it's uh, game week 37 because it looks like the, it will be the biggest double game week. Okay, and uh, when are you playing it, Chris, and when do you think it's the best game week? It all depends on what the doubles are for 34. If the doubles are actually better than I think they're going to be, then I'll wildcard in 33 and bench boost in 34. If they're going to be the way I think they are going to be, I'm going to have to hold tight until 36, and then I'll bench boost in 37. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at taking the second option there, but it does depend on what happens and those doubles coming into game week 34 there is a chance by the way everyone that there might not be any doubles in game week 34 so you know be on the lookout for that i think we find out towards the end of game week 32 33 what happens in that that game week and when all the doubles are so be ready then that's where i'm looking to wildcard another question here from kaza at fpl kaza saying who to sell first, Ings or Dominic Cavett-Lewin for Jota? He's got Jimenez or Wood for game week 31. So who would you sell out of Ings or Dominic Cavett-Lewin? I think it's got to be Ings at the moment, hasn't it? You've got to go with the inform. Dominic Cavett-Lewin could have scored in the last game. I don't know how he missed it, really, which is a negative, but he is getting those chances. He is still looking good and getting the stats up. What about you, Chris? Who do you remember? Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, Everton are creating a lot more chances. He's getting loads of big chances. It's just no contest there. Yeah. And Stefan? I agree. Yep. He's, uh, he's, uh, Calvert-Lewin is great to have after the blank game week. I think they Everton are maybe likely to get that double game week in 34. And they have Norwich as their the gaming hand. So, so Southampton and Norwich in 34 would look great. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, next question is from Mark at mbison22 again. He's saying, are Leicester back to being the third best team in the league or have Villa flattered them? Should we keep Vardy through the blank? So if you had Vardy now, Chris, would you keep him? Um, it depends who else I had. I'd still be trying to get the key players for game week 31. Yeah. If I already had the key players for 31, then I probably would keep him now. And Stefan? Well, I think I'm the most incompetent person to answer this question since I've <laughs> held, held Vardy for I've held Vardy for the wrong weeks pretty much. It's all so season. unlucky. It is really unlucky. And, uh, you held him. And, and, yeah. and actually, last uh, yesterday I couldn't 
couldn't bear to watch the game. I usually watch all the games that is televised, but I couldn't watch it, so I have no clue how good Leicester were or how awful Villa were. So, uh, I, I do think it was more that Villa were just awful. Even Jack Grealish came out at the end of the game just saying how we were just completely off today, and you know the likes of Tyro Mings is just wasn't on his game at all. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm not convinced yet. I think I need to see a bit more. I think I would remove, if you've used him, he's got it's a lot of cash there. I think that if you're able to get you know decent other players, like Chris said, then I would do that. Another one here from Mark M. Bison. When is Bully back? Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't actually know when Bully will be back. He's had his little kitty and everything is going well for him. He's taking on a new job at the moment, so... I don't actually know, but it doesn't look to be any time soon, so don't get your hopes up on that. And he also mentions that what will make me reconsider my sad plans to end the pod at the end of the season. Also, Kazo is asking, are they really planning to end the pod at the end of the year? So, yeah, this is, if you haven't seen listeners, I posted on Twitter that I might be stopping the pod altogether at the end of the season. This is mainly due to the amount of time it takes me to run the pod. And next year I'll have a lot going on in my life. So, yeah, I'll need time for like moving house, starting a family, etc. So it might be a bit too much for me to keep this up and keep this going. So knowing how long it takes to run the pod at the moment, I'm, not, I'm just not sure. If I am able to find someone to host the podcast in replace of me, edit the audio and send me the file, then I may take a year out and come back after a year. Or unless we get like about 500 more patrons, I can do it full time and live the dream. <laughs> I, so yeah, I, the, it doesn't look like, uh, it looks like I, I might be stopping at the end of the year, which is sad news. Uh, but hopefully I will either find someone to replace me or I'll make the decision at the end of this year. So watch this space, listeners. Right, I am dying for a piss now. So ready to go for the Iceman's piss break. We are back from the Iceman's break and time to talk about our partners. Mikael Tokvam, who was on last week, and his algorithm. So I have two free transfers this game week and he is saying that that is great. And he's actually saying that I should save a free transfer and do the obvious move of Perez to Saar. So it is something I am considering, but I'm looking to do it with Richarlson instead. But I'm... Um, reconsidering i'm not not 100 at the moment but if you want to find out more about mikhail and his algorithm it's patreon.com forward slash transfer algorithm for just one dollar fifty i do really advise you to go sign up it is really interesting stuff we also partnered with fancy football hub who chris is again and another partner of and we've been given exclusive sign off of surgery 10 is our offer code you can get 10 percent off there chris what's your uh, sign up offer code it's Christ. Oh, no, you can't read. You can't read it. You can't read it. It's got to be surgery ten. You got to use surgery ten. Sorry, Chris. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> no, I'm joking. If you want to use Chris one, it's surgery ten as well. Um, if we, <laughs> we are, we are also partnered with FPL Doodles at FPL Doodles one on Twitter. Sorry, Chris. You can read out your code now. I was only joking. 
it's Christ. C H R I S T, Christ. Okay. Right. Transfers and captains, captains, and the choice of the best captain. So we had a question here from Alan who's saying, is Captain Salah Mane versus Everton a trap? Now, Stefan, do you think it's a trap? That's your team saying. You're... I don't think it can't be a trap to Captain Salah in any game week. It's not. It's not a big trap. It might be a small trap, but it's not. It's never a big mistake to Captain Salah or Mane for that matter. Who do you think is the best captain for this game week? Well, I got to believe in the, the algorithm from Mikkel, and I think he has Sterling on top. Sterling's so, on top. Yeah, so so that's going to influence my choice if if I keep Sterling and if it looks like he will play. The informed Sterling. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, why not just continue the YOLO route then? <laughs> <laughs> YOLO, yeah, nice. yeah. But I think it's it's reasonable to captain uh, both Aubameyang or the Liverpool assets. The best captain, I think, will... I think it's tough. The best captain might be... It might be Salah, actually. Yeah, I think I agree with that. The best captain is Salah. Chris, who do you think the best captain is? I actually think it's Bruno Armani. Um, yeah. For Tottenham, they can see a lot of chances. Um, and Bruno seems to return in every game. But for Mane, what I've picked out is that Everton have conceded twice as many chances. So there's 20 chances they've conceded from their right flank compared to the left and the centre. So that's ideal for Mane. In the reverse fixture this season, he picked up 15 points. Um, and I think he's got five returns in his last seven games against Everton. So um, that's one of the reasons that I really want him. <laughs> Chris, yeah. you, you are, this is great analysis. I absolutely love We're bringing you on every week. Fancy. <laughs> so, so Chris, Chris, would you recommend me then to do the Sterling to Mane move and Captain Mane this week? I guess, yes. I'd see who we play um, against Arsenal first. Yeah, of course, of course. Because Sterling's when, also got a good record against Burnley and when, Burnley roll against the top four. When you say you'll see who we play, you were saying that as a Man City fan. <laughs> <laughs> born and bred. Born, born and bred in Manchester, yeah. Um, uh, this, I might even Captain Morris, depending on on uh, the game against uh, Arsenal because well, let's, let's, someone someone has to play for City. <laughs> so they have to put out 11 men and yeah. I might I might captain the one I believe most will start. So so let's come to your captains then, transfers and captains. So you're looking at Mares, you're looking at Sterling, you're looking at Mane, Mar- Aubameyang, Aubameyang is You've got plenty captain. of choices. You're yep. undecided. Yep. Who are your transfers? Uh, undecided. I think I'm, I, the plan is to save the transfer but if Sterling gets another 90 minutes versus Arsenal, maybe he won't start versus Burnley, and I might get money in. We'll, we'll see. Check out our Slack if you want to hear more on that. And Chris, what are your trapped-ins for this week? I'm going to go Van Dijk, De Bruyne and Perez out, and I'm going to bring in Alonso, Mane and Antonio. That is brutal. <laughs> and one, one, once again, they said De Bruyne and Van Dijk and and uh, Perez. Okay. Ma- I'll be minus four, and I'm going to bring in Alonso, Mane, Antonio, and I'm going to captain either Alonso or Mane. Oh, Captain oh. Alonso seems good. <laughs> I do love the Alonso captaincy. Yeah, yeah just target that. that. Target that Villa team. Yeah, I look forward to when Lampard rotates his team again. <laughs> <laughs> Reese James comes in, plays on the right. Astrid a plays on the left. That'll be, oh, I'll tell you what, that would just be a killer, wouldn't it? How much bad luck is that? 
Right, I, I also think the best captain is Salah. I think he's winning in the polls at the moment. I I do hear you on your Mane shout there, Chris, but I still think that Salah is probably the best captain. But my captain will be Aubameyang. I'm absolutely dying at the moment in FPL, and I just need to try for something different. I'm not going to gain anything if I just keep doing what everyone else is doing, but I think that the more differential one is Aubameyang. And my transfer, I've got two frees this game week, and I'm looking at removing Richarlson and Perez, or Richarlson or Perez. I do think that one of them will just become a Sar, and then I'll move it on to next game week where I can get the likes of Mane in and also the likes of Chris Wood for Ings. I might even do a minus four for the likes of Antonio as well, but it's all dependent how they get on in this game week. But I think Saar is coming in for me this game week, whether it'll be for Richardson or Perez, I'm not quite sure yet. But I think my captain would definitely be Aubameyang. Okay, going to read out the FPL Surgery Patreon League then. So at the bottom is Matt Seward. Number two is my Isle of Wight friend, Tim Regan Morris, who also plays COD with me occasionally. And top, who's gone into our top ten in our public league, is Jeff Holt, doing really well. Jeff and Tim, both in the 70s this week. Jeff on 75 and Tim on 79, doing really well, guys. And now for the FPL Surgery Podcast Public League, the code is cccjk2 now stefan could you take it from here yeah we got some wordplay this time around i see so i'll get to it in 10th place we have jeff holt who's also the top of the patreon league and we have kartnik mahendra in ninth simon ratten in eighth Chris moffat in seventh luco truman in sixth and in fifth we have richard Nlove. and if you paid attention the team name for, for matt seward who was in the Patreon League is in Love Island. So that's oh, yeah. that's a f- f- I wonder if that's in, intentional. That and in fourth place, <laughs> yeah, in fourth place we had Lars Jürgen Lars Jürgen Benson. Third Theodor Ekbakke. Second Luke Burgess. And top with 57 points this game week Jake Gallagher. And it's Sheffield Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, he's come straight in. He's gone straight at the top, hasn't he, Jake? Where, yep. is, where is he overall? So Jake is currently 35th overall. And he he captain Mane as well, so he's and he's got De Bruyne, so he's got a couple of players more to play. This he's he's got Evans at the back as well. Oh. Mm. There's some random players there. Okay, uh, let's move on to guest top three picks for this week and top three differentials. Now, Chris, who are your top three picks for this game week? Right, first of all, it's Bruno Fernandez. He's he's on form. His team's on form. Looking at Tottenham, they've conceded seventy shots. 13 big chances and 8 goals. Their XG conceded is 8.56, so it's not like they've been unlucky. They're just chipping goals. Next up's Mane. I've already tried to sell him over Salah. But equally, they're both good, but I just prefer Mane. I think he's he's got a bit more threat. He tends to do better when they both play at the same time. He got 15 in the reverse fixture. And then the last one's a bit of a an outside one. If anyone still has him and he plays a little bit on Wednesday, I think Aguero is a good shout. He's on terrible form, but Burnley tends to roll over when they play against the top four. I think Jesus played last time against Madrid, so it's more likely that he's going to be rested for that Burnley game. And Aguero scored in every single home game that he started in the league against Burnley. Oh, good stuff. Yeah, 
It's a good shout. Yeah, good shout. He might be the best captain this game week. Yeah, he could be. <laughs> Great shout. People <coughs> are not looking at those Man City assets just because they think they're going to get rotated, don't know who they're going to start. It's just a bit whiffy-waffy with them at the moment with Pep. Uh, just just to note, I think you mentioned Tottenham 70 shots conceded in the last four. Yeah, in the last four game yeah, weeks. In the last four, yeah. Just to cover that one. Also, your three differential players? First of all, I'll go for Willian. I think Chelsea in the form and anyone playing against Aston Villa is going to get a lot of chances. Also, they've conceded twice as many chances from their left as their right. So he's going to get a lot of crosses in. And with Giroud on the end of them, someone might actually score rather than Abraham, who just tends to miss big chances. I've got to throw in the two boys that I'm looking at as well. So Alonso and Antonio. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, I do like those shots. I've got William in my draft team, but I actually left him last on my bench for some reason. I don't think I set my team, which is, he's got like four or 13 points, does he get last week? Yeah, 13 points he was left on my bench in my draft team. Just good to show if you're not paying attention. Yeah, I do like those shouts. Here, moving on to the feedback box. So we've got one here from, he just joined at our Patreon, Andy Gray, uh, FPL Fisherman, saying, I've just, I've started listening to the FPL surgery at the start of the season. My rank has never been higher. You do an amazing job. I saw this tweet and created a Twitter account just so he could reply. Us entertainers do what is expected of us with little regard to how it gets done. So thank you for that, Andy. Really appreciate that. It's a good bit of feedback. I'm glad you started Twitter just because of us. Here, a word from our patrons. And we haven't got FPL sexy this week, but... We do have Mad Hatter's Alexa's Afterthoughts as soon as I can find it. Alexa, how have you been this week? I'm just fine over here, Mad Hatter. I've been stockpiling food, bog roll, and hand sanitizer, because I'm a selfish twat. This round <laughs> has seen a crap double game week, as Arsenal were embarrassingly shite, and ultimately lucky to win. KDB was absent, they lost, and Pep rotated. Shocker. Elsewhere, Liverpool are back to their winning ways, Watford back to their losing ways, Vardy came off the bench to ruin Villa, and Chelsea pulled Everton's pants down and tickled their toffees. <laughs> My capo pick for next game week is Salah. That's enough from me this week. I'm taking my food, Bob Roll, hand sanitizer, Matt Hatter's KY jelly, and I'm heading over <laughs> to Winchester, have a nice cold pint, and wait for this all to blow over. Up the chuffing pod. Up the pod. <laughs> I go straight into Paddy's wank bank. Okay. <laughs> thank you for that, Mad Hatter. So, Chris, thank you very much for coming on. You've been great. So, I thought, where could people find you if they want to get hold of you on Twitter? And where do they find your work, your brilliant analysis that you do every week? Uh, if you want to find me, you can go to Chris Tan FPL on Twitter. Um, and I also do the weekly captaincy article on Fantasy Football Hub. Yeah, really interesting stuff. I advise looking at that. If you like what you've heard today and would like to support the podcast, please do so at patreon.com forward slash FPL Surgery. You can join the mini league. is cccjk2. Our website's fplsurgery.com. We're on Facebook, SoundCloud, wherever you can find us at FPL Surgery. And Stefan. Up the pod. Up the pod. Up the pod. Yay! Yay! We didn't, we didn't <laughs> have to prompt you. You <laughs> wouldn't have done in a while. <laughs> I do listen every week. Yeah. <laughs>
Game week 31, Stefan? Um, who? The Bride? Okay, yeah, the Bride. He won't play 31, no. <laughs> You're dead, Stefan. <laughs> <laughs> he's got no game <laughs> no 31 sorry sorry are you, are you 30 or then who are a few um, who are a few two to three week pints <laughs> I'll get a start I'll get a start again <laughs> God's sake he's obviously spelled that wrong what is the best game week to play bench boost now where, where, where are you looking to play bench boost Stefan Wait, when it where are you looking? Wait, when it where are you looking? Now wait, when it where are you looking to play bench boost, Stefan? 